Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is it. The time has come. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Push him down. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night with Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davies. You're better than that! On Talk Sport. Welcome to the Fight Night podcast from Talk Sport. Hope you are well. I'm Adam Catterall. Pleasure as always to be in your company. A little bit of T's and C's, you know the script. I want you to subscribe to this and come back to us on a week by week basis. Uh, hit the subscribe button on the iTunes. You're looking for Fight Night. Uh, you can also do that via the TalkSport website, TalkSport.com. Right, let's get stuck in, shall we? Because at the weekend, Newcastle was the destination for a bit of championship uh, title fight action. Savannah Marshall knocking out Femke Hermans. What an unbelievable shot it was to finish the fight. That then set off a little bit of chin wagging with Claressa Shields, and we're all heading towards that super big world title unification at some point later this year. So in the immediate aftermath of that fight finishing, we got onto the promoter Ben Shalom. We got him on the show. We wanted to talk about the knockout. We wanted to talk about prospective fights. And he dropped a couple of exclusives on us. Check this out. When we signed Savannah, we knew, obviously we had an elite boxer, um, but we knew we had to build her. And she's headlined now twice in Newcastle. And today she headlined on her own. No you know, it was all the tickets were sold down to her. I think it's a statement for women's boxing, but then to deliver a performance like that against an opponent that's never been stopped before, very durable, very experienced, and it was a left hook from nowhere. Mm. Um, I've not seen, like, uh, even Peter Fury, it was, uh, he says it's hard to do the pads with her. She she hits, you know, like a male middleweight counterpart, and we saw that tonight, and uh, yeah, it was an incredible event. It was an incredible atmosphere, and Savannah is growing every time she steps in the ring. We, we've been talking about this. Um, a first rule of being a promoter, Ben, by the way, is never lose your voice. Um, so, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, the, it's hard, though, when people keep knocking people out like it, that in front of you. It, it, it Very is. Hard. Um, wh- wh- one of the um, things that we talked about, I was saying to Adam, what I do like about Savannah's style, I think she it, what, it did come out of nowhere, but she was setting her up for it the whole time. She was working her into the ropes. Um, the great thing, her, her style now, with the Fury style of of being elusive and and yep. um, throwing because because Savannah is a six footer and she's yes. got very long straight punches left and right and then when she is on the inside she's got the power with those hooks and I yeah. do think she worked her way onto the inside. Femke Hermans is an awkward opponent who yeah. went ten rounds with Claressa Shields couldn't get her out of there and I think as you say um, I think Savannah's made a big statement tonight. She puts herself as favourite against Claressa Shields. Gone big. The, You've gone big. I've 
I've gone big. She's put herself favourite in this fight now. Yeah. As you said, that style perfectly suits Peter Fury's style of training. I've not seen that before. As in women's boxing, she is boxing like a Fury, and it suits her perfectly. She's long, she's rangy, and she waits for the right moment. And I wouldn't overlook Clarissa Shields, two-time gold mm. medalist. She's never put her foot wrong in the pro game, but that power is undeniable, and and she'll have to be on her toes for the full ten rounds. It's a it's it's a fascinating fight, and it's a fascinating rivalry. But, but listen, we but, were, were in the studio, right? And these two yeah. went at each other at the end. Once again, they've gone at each other once again. So give us a little bit about what they were saying uh, to each other inside the arena. And as a promoter, let's be straight, right? When she lands that left hook, you know what Clarissa's about to do. You must be licking your chops, Ben, thinking to yourself, "Mate, we have got a fight on our hands in the summer." Hundred percent. I was nervous tonight, though, because all our plans could have could have been shattered. And uh, as you said, when she knocked her out, I think Clarissa is a confrontational character. It has been hostile up here in Newcastle. I hope she wants to come back for the big fight after that. Um, but yeah, Clarissa is a champion herself. She thrives on these big challenges. She's been waiting for a big challenge. She even had to go into mixed martial arts to to go looking for people that could compete with her. And now mm. she's got someone. And uh, it's it's incredible. And as you say, they have that history. They have that rivalry. They've known each other since the amateur days. And it's just built perfectly. I don't think we have have seen a rivalry like that in women's boxing. I do believe it's the biggest fight in, in the female sport. When are you looking to do I, it? I, I know you're looking to do it at a stadium. Are you looking to do it, obviously, here in the UK? Yeah, we hope to do it in Newcastle. We think we should be able to tie it up in the next few days. We've had to get through this fight. Working hard with Dimitri Salita. It's a, it's right. a complicated deal because the US broadcasters and the UK broadcasters both want it, but it just is uh, it's set up for it for a big fight and we should be able to announce it in the next few days are, are you able to uh promote that as a pay-per-view event ben does it does it move over to there or is it a regular fight night is there a possibility of amir khan and florian marku being on that card as well it's a good question and we've been talking about this for a while if it is the the biggest fight in female boxing then surely it should be pay-per-view for the for, you know for the for the women themselves, but at the same time, the flip side of that is, why not advertise and showcase a sport to the biggest possible audience? Because it's going to be some spectacle, and I agree. I think you know, and so we're going to work hard. Look, the numbers are big, so it's it's difficult, but we are going to work hard to make sure this is seen by the biggest possible audience. I think it's going to be a, a milestone for the sport. But not to, not to be unkind to you, to Sky Sports, to Clarissa or to Savannah, that that there we were talking about this in the build-up when we were previewing it, that Savannah hasn't quite crossed over yet. You're still building her. I think it's a very good move not to make it pay-per-view. Yes, potentially. Although I would say, have you ever seen a fighter in the women's sport that can sell out arenas. I don't. I've not seen it. You take, name me one. I'm not saying. I'm not saying. Well, she, Katie you know, Taylor could have sold out Croke Park in 2012 in five minutes fighting Minnie Mouse, but they didn't it do happened. it. But it yeah. never happened. But I, I'm not going to argue that. I think. Look, look, we were up there, weren't we? When when um, when Savannah fought in Newcastle the last time, and yeah. and the, the the reception was extraordinary. I mean, and yeah. and I and I can see how that builds. I think you keep her there, and you keep her there till there's an audience in the UK that wants to come twenty thousand. 
into the O2 Arena. But um, look at Lee Wood in Nottingham. Look at um, Josh Warrington in Leeds. Look at, I don't know, Kelly Pavlik in Ohio. Uh, look at Floyd Mayweather in, in Vegas eventually. If you build someone and you build them in a certain place, that it grows, you know, but, um, they will come. And I think you're right to keep her there. Agreed. And, we'll, yeah, we'll do what we can as I say, to see it by the biggest audience. But this is a big fight with big numbers and uh, we'll have to work that out in the next few days. She wasn't uh, the only one. the question about Marku and Khan. No, 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 no. no. Oh, I'm going there now, mate. Don't you Come worry. On, because she won't. Because she... You know what it's like when we got Ben on yeah, the show? Yeah, don't you worry. We're not... We love He's not going anywhere. making him yeah. blush. <laughs> 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 um, I've obviously... one too many times. Listen, on he... you're on every week. What do you You're going to get tripped up every week. I love talk sport. That's what you need to say. Good man, good man. Listen, Florian needed something tonight because I thought Chris Jenkins was actually um, ahead of the, uh, of the fight yeah. at the time of the stoppage. He found that. He found something uh, deep down in order to get the stoppage himself, Florian, and then he gets on the microphone and he starts rocking and he says he wants Amir Khan. Talk me through it, Ben, because is that where we're going? We all thought that Amir was maybe heading off into retirement. Is that fight something that you're looking at? I was worried, you know, with Florian that maybe we matched him too early. He's just gone to Grant Smith. He, he Grant says he's had to sort of start from scratch. He's got all the attributes to be a great fighter, but he's a young boxer in terms of how long he's been professional. But he came through, he knocked him out emphatically. And I think the welterweight division, you've got so many fighters avoiding each other. I think fair play to Florian. He stepped up and he's take, taken on Chris Jenkins, who did look in good nick. Um, Amir Khan. Look, I, is it realistic? I don't know. Let's be honest. Florian needs to needs to take another couple of steps, I think, up the division. He'll want that fight. Of course he will. I think it would make sense. But at the same time, Amir Khan will have, I'm sure, other ideas. And I don't want to, you know, sit here and, yeah, and say that that's going to happen. Promoter's hat on now. Yeah. Albania. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, you I've never it. done a fight in Albania. Uh, Albania. I've I haven't, I haven't either. I haven't, well, I can't. well, you'll have to come because we are going to Albania. Yeah, Florida, because can, can you not see? I mean, Florian Marku is yeah. a massive draw in Albania. Let's Khan go. versus Marku in Albania. Albania. Yeah. 50,000 in? outdoors in the summer. We're in. And Talk Sport want the broadcast. Let's do it. You know what? You two need to come on board with Boxer, I think. Um, <laughs> you, well, you've been talking to me about that for about a year and a half anyway, so maybe we can just <laughs> no, do it true. now. It's true. No, look, I'd love to make that fight, but we've got Florian signed up. We've got to get Khan signed up, so let's see. Okay. Um, just um, a quick one before we let you get on with your rest of your evening. You've signed two more Olympians. I tell you, they're coming thick and yes. fast to, uh, to yeah. boxing. What we a saw, signing. What a uh, signing. Yeah, we, uh, we, we saw Miss Price and Miss Hartstall uh, being signed to you a little earlier on. Talk us through the thought process there, mate. Oh, just, just been chasing them for six to eight months. As, as Gareth said, they're elite, elite athletes. Uh, Karis was actually unlucky to only get a bronze medal. Yeah. And, um, and Lawrence won gold at Worlds, Commonwealth. Yeah. Uh, European and then the Olympics I think she's special so it was a no-brainer for us we chased them a lot of promoters were chasing them and we just we're, we're honestly humbled that they've decided to come with us and Sky um, I think they we can they're probably seeing what we can do with Savannah and seeing what we've done with Tasha and Caroline and uh, decided that this is a place for them and uh, 
yeah, the women's sport's in really good shape and I think they're two that we'll see a lot of in the next few years. Um, I'm very interested. The, the most interesting thing this morning, seeing you, Adam Smith, um, um, Karis and Lauren on a, on a conference call this morning was Lauren saying that she's going to fight at welterweight because I got yep. very excited about her fighting at middleweight. Have you got the challenges for her at welterweight early in the career, do you think? Because she's so brilliant. I think she has a fantastic pro style, mm. not an amateur style, so. Lauren you know she'll move through the weights i think she's going to have such a prolific career and she'll probably look, be looking at you know clarissa shields and multi-weight yeah. world yeah. champions and thinking you know what whilst i'm 27 i'll box at welterweight i think she is she's more comfortable then she bought to the heavier weight it just happened that way when she was in the amateurs i was speaking mm. to her about that earlier but welterweight seems the, the right place to start because she's as i say she'll move up and up and up and i think yeah she's never she, she's not been able she's done everything at amateur she's done more than anyone's done before and i think we could see that in the pros as well i do think as well it's a masterstroke that these two women live together they're a partnership they 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 announced it a day after the, the olympic games august the 9th last year yeah, i remember fantastic. covering the story and i think they're going to be a real hit ben with the british public by the way just yeah, the two of them as well they're yeah absolute absolutely. characters sky already talking about can they have their own show they 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 you know they bounce off each other yes. they're two different personalities absolutely. but they're huge huge personalities and uh it's just a, it's just a buzz to be around them and i think you're going to see that more and more in their fights um i think yeah as i said as you said the british public will buy into them and maybe they will be crossing over into the mainstream they are that good inside and outside of the ring um listen final one ben uh, you've ticked off the arenas now mate when we doing uh, when we're doing stadiums when we when we're going into the big you know the the, the monsters well um brooke eubank still on the cards oh yeah 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 good go on give uh, us give us ben uh, give us go on do it <laughs> i've got him i can't you know i actually can't or i will get in trouble but we're trying look it's got kel brooks either going to retire or he'll fight chris chris eubank jr away that is um, sensible. Well, because he's asking it. ten million at, for Conor Ben at a stadium. <laughs> no, but is he is he off, is he really asking for ten million, or is that is that? Um, Come on, know. go on, go on, go on, You get himself in trouble on it. He's always getting himself in bother <laughs> on it. No, but we love that, and he does a brilliant <laughs> job of it. And he's doing a fantastic job. There you have it. Don't book your holidays. We might be getting a stadium fight in the summer. We'll keep you posted with that here on Talk Sport. One stadium fight that's definitely happening a little earlier than the summer is, of course, April 23rd, Tyson Fury versus Dillian White. We caught up with Tyson Fury's trainer on Saturday night, Sugar Hill Steward, who is living in the Fury household. And that is where we started the conversation. Is he capable of winning? Yes. Do I think he's going to win? No. But Tyson can't afford to fall in with his right hand. Dillian White, brilliant catch counter left hook. Can that put any heavyweight to sleep? Of course it can. Oh, Blackjack! He's put him down! And White put Parker down! It was a left hand! Parker doesn't really know where he is! He's badly advised, and if he's making the final decision, then he's playing stupid. It's been stupid games of clawing things tooth and nail while they try to stack the deck in favour of... Tyson Fury and against Dillian White. It's become the Tyson Fury homecoming show. First question, What I know that obviously you're here uh, in camp training Tyson up in Morecambe. What is it like living in the Fury house? 
living in the fairy house is um, it's, it's quite comfortable to be fair and uh, I enjoy it a lot one of the things that I truly enjoy is the sunsets that I hear that I have here uh, in Malcolm Bay it's one of the most beautiful sunsets uh, that I've seen throughout my travels so I, I very much so enjoy this uh, this sunset I love the the being by the, the water and uh one of the things that's kind of strange i love is i love the smell it's like the smell of fresh air and uh horse manure so <laughs> it, it reminds me of uh being a, a young boy uh going uh, down south to uh alabama to visit my grandparents or to west virginia to visit grandparents so fantastic uh, yeah, fine memories. Fantastic. Now, listen, we know about spending only a small amount of time around the Furies. We know that Mrs. Fury is the person in charge. Have you got any chores to do whilst you're staying at, uh, at the Fury house? Uh, I have no chores to do at this particular time, but <laughs> if I find... Normally with me, if, if it's something that's maybe neat, that's uh, broken or needs fixed or tightened up or yeah. just any little thing like that, something loose, I'm normally the one to do it. I'm just always... I'm just pretty handy with my hands and always trying to stay busy doing something. So I don't mind it. I enjoy it. I do it anywhere. So you don't put the bins out and do the school run at all then, no? I've done, I've, I've done the school runs. I've <laughs> oh yeah, there you, there you go. There you go. A lot of, uh, one of the things that I, I'm pretty uh, commonly doing is barbecuing. I'm on the grill. Good man. Okay. Uh, everybody loves, everybody loves me on the grill. But you, if you, if you, you don't mind our winter, our spring with a bit of snow. You've had a bit of snow up there in the last couple of days, I take it. I didn't get any snow. I don't know where it's at, but it missed me. <laughs> so come on, uh, you you haven't had a chance to um, see Dillian White. Have your man in front of Dillian White. I don't think we saw you at the press conference in London, Sugar. But um, how, how is Tyson and how's it going? Tyson's uh, excellent. He's in high spirits. He's ready to uh, make his big, uh, his big fight in London at Wembley Stadium. Uh, sold out crowd. It's an exciting time, uh, full of energy, full of uh, just, just one hundred percent ready to go. And uh, for myself, I'm feeling the same way, and, I, and I'm liking and loving the way Tyson Fury is feeling right now. From from speaking to you in the past, Sugar Hill, your your teaching methods are always about your student and and the best things that they can do and and them implementing them in the fight. Um, but how how exciting is it to get your teeth into a new opponent uh, for Tyson? Over the last couple of years, obviously you've been concentrating really on one particular guy and how to beat Deontay Wilder. Now we've got a new opponent in there. Have you found that challenge quite exciting and reinvigorating? That's a good question, and uh, it. To me, it is a little bit more exciting now, uh, getting ready for someone else, and not uh, Deontay Wilder. So, at, at this point, this is the opportunity for me to teach, and for Tyson to also do some new things that he wasn't able to do with Deontay Wilder. Some things that we worked on uh, uh, in, tr in in training camps leading up to this fight, not just this training camp, but some things that we worked on that he wasn't able to do or didn't have to do in a fight with Deontay Wilder, Wilder that uh, I'm expecting to see be very exciting in this fight with uh, Dillian White. What, what, why is that, Sugar? Is it um, Talk us 
talk to us about uh, the styles with Dillian White um, and what you want from Tyson, what you want him to display in this contest. In this fight, I'm looking for one thing mainly from Tyson Fury, and that's just punch placement. It's uh, the ability to, to place the, cert, the, the correct punch at the right time um, and uh, looking for something, a big exciting bang after that. <laughs> so you're looking for the knockout, yeah? Always, they always look for the knockout. Yeah. That's, that's, that's yeah. the Kronk style, yeah, man. That's exactly. what that's what that's what that's what they're going I, for. I don't know anything else, but that. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's difficult for me to train anyone, for that matter, to go a decision. I just I just don't really believe in that myself. It's, it's trying to train somebody to go for a decision when you have the opportunity to train for a knockout. Mm. Why would I sell myself short? I feel like if I train a fighter to go for the knockout. If he doesn't get the knockout, he or she doesn't get the knockout, then if they come short of the knockout, at least they put enough effort into it to win that fight versus just going for the win and coming up short there and you're getting either a draw or a loss. But the, 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 the thing is, and there's been a lot of talking points around this, is the silence of, uh, of Dillian White. Um, not there at the press conference. It didn't seem to uh, trouble 170,000 people getting on an online queue to get the 85,000 tickets extended to 100,000 on the night. We look forward to hosting you there as well, because I don't think you've been to a big Wembley Stadium fight yet, if I'm right in thinking. But... Um, what do you make of of if if Dillian White was your guy and he wasn't saying anything? Do you buy the fact that it's kind of stopping Tyson Fury getting into his head, as a lot of people have have kind of postured? I've kind of thought about that. Just gave it a little a little bit of thought that maybe that's a maybe part of a strategy to not get Tyson riled up and 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 um giving him more fuel for fire, but Tyson Fury is going to wire, he'll wire himself up. So he does, obviously, obviously doesn't need anybody else uh, around just to get him wired up and amped up for a fight of this magnitude. Mm. He'll do it himself. You saw him at the press conference. He had his own stare down with himself. So uh, <laughs> it, it doesn't seem any kind of a problem for me uh, and Tyson Fury going into this fight without Dillian White participating uh, showing up or or even having any comments to say sometimes when you uh you don't say anything it's uh it, it makes it worse but we'll find out and we'll see soon april 23rd regarding um sparring partners we saw on social media this week tyson posing with uh, jarell miller was that uh, his uh, thought process to bring jarell in or was it yourself and, and what's the thought process behind that well, we talk about bringing in sparring partners, so it's it's not one person just saying, "Hey, let's bring in this per this guy." But Jarrell's a great uh, asset to this uh, training camp with his size and his uh, his physical strength and attributes that he's going to give in helping to prepare for Dillian White. Uh, I was excited that Jarrell Miller is here uh, training, and uh, yeah, it's it's a good look. I'm mean, I'm also able to 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 teach Jarrell Miller some things so that we can have the best possible work going into this fight in preparation to scoring an exciting knockout against Dillian White. One of the things, though, that there's, there is critique of Jarrell because he has tested positive for several banned substances and, um, you know, there's a lot of people saying that he shouldn't be allowed back into the sport. That's That's been, that's risen this week. Um, you know, what's your take on that, Sugar? 
my take on it is people make mistakes. I'm not sure of everything involved in his situation. Uh, for some reason, I just don't read into all that stuff in, into uh, into the sport as far as um, you know that. But I'm sure that Jarrell isn't the only fighter that's been tested positive but still is in the sport. Mm -hmm. So if you know if if someone does something wrong, do they have to be punished as uh, in, in a lifetime for mm -hmm. it? Mm -hmm. and, uh, and 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 if so, then then where do we stand in boxing as far as as far as that decision made? It's just it's just a uh, you know he's I guess served a suspension and his time is up. Just the same as if someone uh, committed some kind of criminal offense and their time is up that they had to serve and, and they're able to go on and, and live their lives. Uh, you know, without making a mistake again, yeah. and and go and and a, lot, and a lot of those people have gone to be very successful and role models, and actually from those experiences are able to teach others and to be able to help others, so they don't have to go through the same thing that they went through. And now, that's just a part of life in general, as far as learning and teaching someone else. You may go through something that that somebody else don't doesn't have to go through because of your experience, and and your ability to teach them and to kind of you know steer them in a better direction than you were yourself um g good news as far as you're concerned that there's now talk about uh alexander Usyk and anthony joshua um getting the fight on for the uh wba ibf and wbo titles and secondarily what's your view if it does go to saudi arabia my view is uh this may sound familiar to us is a quote from john ferry i'm not even bothered <laughs> not even bothered thinking about that. I don't have any thoughts of that. Uh, it doesn't really cross my mind until it's been it's been asked of me as uh, as right now, and uh, I'm not even bothered. <laughs> did you did did it's, he... it's, it's not it's not something that I need to be concerned with. I, I'm, no. My concern is Tyson Fury fighting uh, Dillian White April 23rd. For me, thinking about that would take my attention and my focus away from from Tyson Fury. And I don't want to do that at all. Talk of the devil, though. Where is he right now? Is he in bed? Is he tucked up in bed? Has he got uh, he Paris got a, on the sofa? Is he, he hasn't is got he, a baby monitor he, on him. He isn't sitting... There it is. There it is. He isn't He isn't sitting next to on you the at the moment, waiting to dive it on the sofa with the six he's kids. On the and, and he's Paris. on one sofa. He's on one sofa. And uh, and Big John Fury's on the other sofa. Excellent. Him and Tommy, him and Tommy are on the other sofa. Are they, are they staring at you now saying, no, we're not going on air? No, I, I came upstairs because we were watching fights. Uh, it's, it's pretty noisy downstairs, so I came upstairs to to my to my room so I can do this interview. I pre we appreciate, appreciate that. Appreciate it. Just a quick one on the on the Joshua thing, Sugar Hill. Obviously, there was a, a period of time there where he was looking for a new trainer, and the style that he might need in order to beat an Alexander Usyk. I would think, as an uneducated person looking at it, I would think that maybe a Kronk style would be the style that might be needed. Did you get the call? Did, did did he did he reach out to you? No, I didn't get I didn't get a call from from uh, Anthony Joshua. We did speak briefly, but I didn't get a call from him uh, concerning that. It was about just uh, just just a hello. We hadn't spoken before, and I was just around somebody that that known him, and uh, we just spoke. That was about it. Okay. Okay. Um, finally, before we let you get on with your evening, have you sampled the local delicacies? Have you have you been to the fish and chip shop? Have you have you got stuck? Come into on! Had a don't boy. Be asking me about. You know, I've been to the fish and chip shop. Why? The Good. first day I got here, 
<laughs> I went to the fish and chip shop. I went to the Markham Hotel. Good man. Which yep. was my first time uh, eating fish and chips from there, but they have a very delicious fish and chips. It's very crunchy. The correct, uh, a great, a small, great proportion of fries. You're gonna get some free stuff here now, Sugar Hill. Go and, on, keep, go for it, man. Go and, for it. And some peas, but normally I always visit Atkinson's or uh, another one. Anyway, drop them all I in. There? Did drop I, them all did I in, just man. Start dropping some names in. <laughs> You're only allowed it once a week, remember? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Stay, stay on, stay in shape, my man. Top man. But I've been on, a, I've been on a diet actually since I've been here. Oh, I was, uh, I lost what 19 pounds. Oh, wow. good. So I'm looking forward to seeing you. Absolutely, so I'm nice and fit, ready to take my shirt off. Okay, and, uh, <laughs> as we do, yeah, I, as I we do. Yeah, I just had some fish that, what, two days ago, so it was Friday I celebrated. And was that Friday they come? Yeah, it yeah. was Friday. Yeah. Fish and chips on Friday. Friday. Yeah, I had my fish and chips Friday. Uh, Shane and Huey, the brothers, came and they came uh, to watch the sparring and to sit down. And we, we hung out all night, really. But, yeah, we had a nice good portion of fish and chips with the gravy. Oh, it was delicious. <laughs> You're making me hungry. Listen, Sugar Hill, I'll Absolutely. let you get back downstairs to the boys. Thank you so much for giving up a bit of your time. Go well with camp, and we look forward to seeing you at the back end of April. Yeah. All right, sir? See you soon. Sunday is barbecue. It's the barbecue day. So every Sunday, I'm on the grill. So tomorrow yeah. is beef short ribs. Beef no. short ribs? Oh, nice. Nice. Tomorrow's beef short ribs on the menu. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The week after that Tyson Fury-Dillian White fight, we've got an absolute cracker in the United States where the super featherweight division will be unified between Oscar Valdez and Shakur Stevenson. What a mouth-watering fight that is. We caught up with the WBC super featherweight champion Oscar Valdez this week to give us a little preview. I can't wait for April 30th to step in the ring and just give, just give him my best. Give him my best. You know, I always tell my fans, I, never, I will never promise you a knockout knockout of a year, a war, something extravagant. But what I will promise my fans is that I will always give my best, leave my blood, sweat, tears, heart, everything inside the ring and just give it my best. And every time I do that, something magical always comes out. So I mean, everybody, everybody could just expect that from me. You know, I'm going there anxious and, and just try to give the fans what they want, which is a good fight, and try to give myself what I want, which is the victory. 
Absolutely. We're looking forward to it, man. We can't wait for the fight. Um, before we look ahead to it and the, and the stylistic matchup between you and Shakur, let's look back at 2021 because I've no doubt that it was a bit of a roller coaster for you. At the start yeah. of the year, what a fight, what a finish, what a performance against uh, Bert Schell. One of the performances of the year, one of the knockouts of the year. And then obviously in the middle of the year, it went from highs to lows. How do you look back at 2021 uh, and the emotional roller coaster that that was for you? Well, the, the best way I can describe it would be a learning experience. Learning experience and not falling for the trap. You know, when you win and you look great, everybody's behind you, everybody's cheering you. Hey, champion, celebrities are around you. Maybe a lot of friends, so-called friends, and 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 sometimes, you know, you know, you go with the hype, you you get too excited, you start believing it, you start believing in a lot of things that, that you are invincible and you are, you know, this the the with the term. You are the champion, but then one slight mistake out of nowhere comes out and it starts going downhill. That you also learn from when you're down here. But when I, I I consider that to be one of my lowest that I've ever been with all the situation with the anti-doping. You know, it was a it was a complete shock for me, and it was more of a shock that the world and the boxing community will actually think that I was cheating or trying to cheat that really broke my heart because I've never cheated in my life and I would never think about cheating and the substance that came out positive was not even a PED performing enhancing drug it wasn't even a performing enhancing drug it wasn't it didn't make me any better as far as hitting harder or being faster or being it doesn't help me in any way or form of as far as my condition or on the contrary it will be considered as a diuretic so it really broke my heart seeing the fans and seeing a lot of people um, use that against me. Mm. And I, like I said before, you learn from those experiences because when I fought my last fight, mm. it wasn't my best performance. On the contrary, I would say it was one of my, it was my worst performance of my entire career. It's a tough thing to do that, though, isn't it, Oscar? Because obviously reputation is a, is a very strong thing. And I know that you're proud of your, your reputation. And to have it tarnished... Uh, and uh, and to have fans speak of you in a in a in a posing way than what you probably wanted them to speak of you must have been a very difficult time last year. We're only human. We're all, we're human, and, and 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 a lot of people will say, "Well, ignore what they say. Who cares what they say? You know, look at you. You're you're this. You're that. You're you're doing. You're in a good position." But in the contrary, sometimes you do pay attention to what they say. That's the mistake that sometimes we make. Mm. We pay attention to people who are criticizing you. But they don't know the, the hard work that we put, and, and, and I don't know what their intentions are. Maybe their intentions aren't to give a, 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 a constructive criticism. Maybe their job was to bring you as low as possible. And the worst thing about it is that a lot of people did it. You know, they got what they wanted. What they wanted, they wanted to bring me down. You guys got it. I was at my lowest. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that people were believing the fact that that I would even consider taking a performance enhancing drug, which it wasn't. If people would take the time to investigate what that substance was, they would realize it's a diuretic, no big deal. But, you know, you learn from that, you learn from experience. And I learned a lot that, you know, a lot of people who you think had your back, a lot of friends, a lot of mm -hmm. boxing friends who I thought had my back, got on Twitter and 
get their point of views and call me a cheater. So I give more attention to that, to the real fight. That's in the past. Yeah. I already learned from it. Right now, I'm, I'm a different animal. I'm focused on the fight. I don't care what, what the commentators think. I don't care what my neighbor thinks. I don't care what my friends or fans or, you know, it's a reputation. Of course, I want them to believe that I'm working hard and I'm giving, I'm giving my best. But there's only so much you can control. And, and yeah. I'm, right now, I can control what I have right here in my hands and my, and my, my body and, and my, my work ethic. That's what I can control. And, and, and me and Eddie Reynoso are doing a great job in the gym, training hard to just give my best for this fight against Shakur Stevenson. Why Shakur? Because I, I, I was led to believe that we were going down the route of maybe Emmanuel Navarrete. And then it was you that changed your mind. You went, listen, no, man, we're going down this route. So, so why? Well, because uh, it was a lose-lose for me. And I've never dug no, no fighter out there. I've never been afraid of fighting nobody. And Shakur Stevenson been running and talking in his mouth and about where he'd been scared of him. And the worst thing about it, where it really triggered me, and it was when the fans started believing him. Every time I walk in the streets and somebody would ask for a picture, they would ask me, hey, when are you going to face Shakur? And I started noticing, okay, people want to see that fight. They don't want to see Navarrete. So if I win against Navarrete, People wouldn't wouldn't uh, give me the credit that I deserve because Navarrete is a great champion. Yeah. He's a tough fighter. Yeah, but I won't get no recognition. And if I lose, well, you know, you lost against someone who you shouldn't have lost. Now, Shakur Stevenson, everybody wants to see that, and they want to. And I feel like I got a lot of support from people wanting me to win this fight from my Mexican crowd and and from a lot of people around the world. You know, they, they want to see me win. It's so over. They wanted Navarrete for sure. And uh, we declined it. We, I talked to my manager. I said, oh, we don't want that fight. Give me the Shakur fight because they're gonna, everybody's going to believe. You know, a lot, there's a lot of things that happen in boxing that people don't know. And people just see the outside. They see what the, what the, what the people who Twitter, who have it in their hands. And a fighter can go out there. I could tweet right now that the, the Shakur is scared of me and a lot of people will believe it. And that's how the game of boxing has been working for the last years. You know, uh, they wanted me to fight mm. Navarrete. It wasn't me who chose it, but they wanted me to do it. But if I were to choose that fight, if I would have uh, accepted it, fans would have believed that I was scared of fighting Shakur, which has never been the case. So that's the main reason why we just said, you know what? I don't want no fight if it's not Shakur Stevenson. I like it. It's been building nicely, obviously, since Feather, when he was number one, and then obviously you moved up in weight. It's just been building very nicely to this particular point. Stylistically... How does this match up? Because people keep telling me it's Bull versus Matador. And I'm going, are you taking the mick? This guy's an Olympian. He knows exactly what he's doing. He knows how to box going backwards, forwards. Both of you have got brilliant styles. It could be anything this fight. How do you see it? Well, me being realistic with styles, you know, we might not get what we want as far as the the war. Yeah. People love seeing wars. They like seeing a Arturo Gatti and Mickey Ward. They like seeing a... Marco Antonio Barrera, Eric Morales. They like seeing Oscar De La Hoya, Fernando Vargas. They like seeing yeah. tough fights. This might not be the case. This is a brand This fight. might be. This is a brand This fight. might be a, a chess yeah. game. Yeah. A chess yeah. game. In the, it's not going to be a war. It's going to be more of a chess game. And, and people feel like they forget that, just like you said, I'm a two-time Olympian. I could also box as well. Do I prefer? I prefer to bang because I grew up watching my idols. Marco Antonio Barrera and Eric Morales, Juan Manuel Marquez, Julio Cesar Chavez. 
I grew up watching these fighters and, and I, I, in, a, in a way I want to mimic them and, and I want to give the same energy they, they gave to me. I want to give it to the next generation down as far as give good fights. But I choose to fight that way. I could also box. I could also mm. move. I could use my legs. I could jab. I could do the outside, the distance. And this might be one of the cases with a fighter like Shakur Stevenson because I'm thinking he's going to expect me to just go straight forward to him, you know, stay stiff and, and just let him, you know, do his thing. Take the shots. Yeah, yeah. Not the, the, you didn't throw shots, but it might be another thing coming from him. Last weekend in Leeds saw a new world champion crowned. In fact, there were multiple world champions crowned last weekend in Leeds. Josh Warrington was one. The other was Ebony Bridges. And it was her that joined Gareth on the show. And the crowd rise to this last exchange of this compelling contest. Great fight. She came and she bring it. I've been manifesting this. You know, I've been saying and talking as if I am the champion. I knew that I was going to be the world champion. I didn't think I won, but you know, you just never know in boxing um, with the judging. So when they did announce and the new, like I was like, um, I was just so happy, obviously. And it is just a point that, you know, um, all the hard work that I've put in, all the sacrifices that I've made, all the, you know, the the backlash for everything and 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 all that, that it's now kind of like, it's, it's all been for something. And I was able to um, prove, you know, prove myself. I mean, I feel like I've done it already over and over but I mean I think this is you can't take this away from me you know I just won I, I just beat you know a long reigning champion for a legitimate world title belt you know and I did it with like a toe-to-toe scrap is what it was yeah it really was yeah. like you I was saying during the broadcast that, that it looked like you were glued together almost you know yeah that's my kind of fight she fought my fight and I was I was having so much fun in there for me that's my that's my style that's my natural style so I was just um it just felt so comfortable I felt really relaxed going like that and um just letting it all flow because that's just what I do that's that's my bread and butter so it was really fun you and I have touched on this before because you're so comfortable about your physique with not many clothes on um because mm-hmm. you've done that in you know um posed uh, bodybuilding yeah. and so on. it's nothing new to you but maybe yeah. it's new to a lot of boxing people. Now, I've been pilloried in the past for comparing you. I'm not going to say the yeah. name right now. You know who it is. <laughs> One of the greatest. But I, yeah. my point was, it was taken out of context. My point was, yeah, no, yeah. you're very different. Um, and they're, they're, um, you're doing nothing other. I know it's a bit of fun for you in the way and as well, and you're very comfortable with it. And it does draw attention. Maybe it will always be there, particularly with your way into a particular thing. It's part of the promotion. It's part, it's yes. not, um, you know, I, I, I don't, you know, it's, it's about people, it's about people getting used to different norms as well, isn't it? You know? Yeah, definitely. Look, you know, um, I, I look just as forward to weighing as I do the fight. Like it's just another, it's like an event, it's another event for me, which I love. Um, you know, and it's not just about, you know, me standing there in like nice underwear. You know, it's also just the way I have the stage presence. It's called stage presence. Let's talk about the future. Obviously, you've got this, but it's so important now to retain the title and unify, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. 
100%, you know what I mean? Um, I think it was a pretty big, a big win for me to obviously beat the longest reigning champion. It wasn't a vacant title. It wasn't just fighting someone for a vacant title. It wasn't fighting a fresh, um, a fresh champion that's that's been a champ for a year and to their first defense or their second defense. You know, um, Cecilia was a real deal as well. You know, and um, and I think that now, um, you know, obviously that that was a good achievement for me. And now, it's given me confidence to know that I can defend it. You know what I mean? Because I've just built I've just beat someone so experienced and I believe in myself and everything I've learned but I'll be looking obviously to defend and then unify you know what I mean I'm the biggest name in 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 the division if not one of the biggest names in women's boxing at the moment so now that I've got a belt not only I had a target on my back before just because of I was the blonde bomber but now I've also got the belt it's a bigger target you know and um there's just so many options anyone will fight me you know because they know they'll get the money and, and they'll get the exposure you mentioned Shani. That's obviously Shannon Courtney. Amazing fight you had with her a year ago. Um, yeah. Interestingly, even though you, you and her are rivals, and, and I, I suggested on one show recently that sometimes when there's so much enmity, so much rival between two people, they actually don't want to fight again. Now, you shamed other people for fat shaming her the other day. You stood up for her. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, I did. You know, I see a lot of stuff on the internet um, having a dig at Shannon and her weight and the comments and the pictures and people send it to me because they think it's funny, obviously. And um, I just don't. It's not funny. I just is don't. It? It's not funny. No, yeah. I, I, I don't. I don't like it. I don't. I don't care if she's my and my enemy or my rivalry in the ring. Yeah. Especially. Yeah. And especially, especially um, as a other a fellow female fighter. And a fighter in general that knows that you put on weight between fights like you do. And also the fact that she used to have weight issues. Mm. She's obviously very, very insecure, you know. Um, and and I just, you know, I hate to say it, but I, I feel sorry for her because, you know, like I could just imagine what that's like. And um, I know what it's like when people say I'm not like what, the same I am when I'm jumping on the scales. Like I'm not going to look like that. I look like that for a day. Why do you think I believe? you know, um, milk it so much. Do you know what I mean? But honestly, like, I just, I'm just like, just don't, don't tease her or don't shame her for what she's like now. I mean, I'm all about, I'll, I'll give it to her when she doesn't make weight on the scales because she has one job. Do you know what I mean? Especially as a world champion, you have one job and that's to make that, that weight on that day. And as long as you can make weight on that day, then it doesn't really matter what you walk around with off season, like out of camp. Like that's your own problem. It's just going to make it harder for you. But it's not like someone, I just don't like the shaming of it. Um, so like I did say, save it for if she doesn't make weight again. Do you know what I mean? Because that's that's the job. But it's not her job to stay really, it's not really her job to stay at her fight weight all, all year round. Do you know what I mean? Um, mm. And I just think like, you know, she's had an injury and, and she's she's had issues with her weight before. And I just I just didn't like it. I just, you know, because deep down I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a good person, you know, and I have a heart. And I just, yeah, I just... Um, yeah, kind of, I felt sorry for her because I just would hate to be in her shoes. Like, I feel, you know, like, yeah. Like, there's other things she's done, which I'm thinking, you know what, yeah, she's an idiot. But I don't like that. Is it, is it, are you looking to fight Shannon Courtney next? Um, probably, uh, do not, to be honest, I want her to get a belt. She didn't want to fight me when I, when, you know, after she finished fighting me, she made a big point of it. You know, she means nothing. She's nothing to me. But in reality, she's even less to me than I would have been. I would, at least I was a name to her. Do you know what I mean? Like, 
she doesn't, you know, like I don't need her. I could literally fight anyone. Like, and do you know what I mean? But that's but a I big like fight her. here, though, in Britain, isn't of it? Of course. You know, you have a presence yeah, think, here in Britain and the following now. It's a big fight here, yeah. isn't it, that rematch? I think, yeah, I think it's a big fight all around. You know, a lot of people around the world tuned into that fight. Everyone wants to see it. But um, I think I would like it to be for a unification. So I do wish her well. I hope she wins the fight so we can make it for a unification. Otherwise, I'm going to defend and unify myself and then maybe I'll give her a shot. Do you know what I mean? Just as a... I go, yeah, let's have the fight. You know what I mean? But I want to go and get my my goals and smash my goals out. As Ebony was just talking about there, unifying divisions is her ambition. It's also the ambition of Michaela Meyer, the unified super featherweight world champion. She wants to become undisputed. Gareth caught up with her a little earlier on this week to talk about the prospect of making that fight with Baumgartner happen. There's not like a ton of uh, footage of Jennifer Hahn online. Um, but we obviously the Katie Taylor fight is what we've been looking at because that was the most recent. So, you know, we see we see how she moves. We see what kind of worked well for Katie. Um, you know, I don't think I have a, a similar style as Katie. I still I think that maybe I have a little bit more of a pro style than Katie. And um, so I definitely plan on using my jab and punching behind that and setting combinations up. And yeah, like I said, I want to show my ring IQ in this fight. You had a recent trip to the UK. You experienced British fans. You did some commentary. Tell me about your trip to the UK and what you got out of it. Loved my trip to the UK. They love boxing over there. I mean, you just see like the energy is just so different. Um, I want to experience that when I fight. So I really, really want to get over there sometime this year and hopefully um, get to fight and build some more British fans. Um, but Not it was great. Do you mind for over here, Michaela? I don't know. There's so many. I mean, I obviously it would be great to fight somebody with a, a British person. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, there's, there's obviously Natasha Jonas out there. Uh, there's other girls a little higher up, you know, Chantel Cameron, if I were to move up a little bit in weight, um, Katie Taylor I would love a big fight against her. I mean, but women's boxing is thriving over there. So there's plenty of, I think, especially my weight division, you know, 130, 40, I can fight any, anywhere between that. And there's a lot of girls there for me, a lot of big fights for me. I, you know, I don't want to stay at 130 for too much longer because I know that there's so many other big fights. Do you have to cut much weight to do 130? I mean, you're, what, you 5'9", five, 5'10", five, anyway? Yes, I do. I cut a lot. Um, started this camp out at about 152. So that shows you that I'm... I'm 130. I woke up this morning at 138. So it's been right. an eight week bar to get down a good amount of weight. Um, it's a little harder now. I get stuck at certain weights and it'll take me a week or two to kind of break that hump and then I'll get down, but it's very disciplined. And so, you know, I think that I will be a little stronger moving up 135 and 140 and I have the height to do it. So you know, there's no reason for me to, to keep forcing myself to get down to 130. If, if I had to for the big fights, I get that. But there's other fights for me also. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to test myself in different weight classes also. Um, you mentioned Tasha Jonas, though. Also, she's champion now at 154. Yeah. Proud about that. Yeah. Uh, so could you, is yeah, that sure. doable for you at 154 with Tasha or not? That's... That's, I think that's an unnecessary, that's just like a silly jump from 130 to 154. I mean, I know she did it because she yeah. had she wanted the opportunity to, to win a world title. So she has a reason. I don't really have a reason to do that. There's, there's other fights yeah. for, uh, 
you know, it's not, I don't think if the fight with Natasha Jonas is worth me jumping up three weight classes, it just doesn't seem like yeah. she's at this point. But maybe but, she wants to yeah. down to a lower weight. <laughs> have you got a view on, you mentioned Katie Taylor as well, obviously that could be a lightweight. So have you got a view on what happens between Amanda Serrano and Katie Taylor? Yeah, um, I'm not. I'm not trying to pinpoint like an exact outcome. I've been kind of broad with my statements on this, but I think that uh, Katie Taylor is a very sound amateur style, and and uh, Serrano a very sound pro style. And I, I don't think that Taylor Sir, Taylor has really transitioned into that pro style all that much. She has a very amateur style, and it's a great one. It works for her, right? She, she's done well with it. Um, but a style like that with a really high punch count kind of overwhelm a pro for yeah. the first few half of the fight. Um, and so maybe she'll take the first half. I see Serrano kind of a good sound pro will be able to kind of close that space and impose themselves later on in the fight. So I see her sort of taking the second half, but I'm going to predict that it goes to decision and we'll just see who had the better game plan, who was more disciplined. Are you going to be there or not? Will we see yes. you there? I am going to be there. I bought a ticket. Great. Be there dressed in all white. I'm telling everybody I'm going to be in the white corner, neutral corner. Yeah. Uh, who wins? They both, you know, they've been great role models. Or they've been, you know, they've been great pioneers in this sport. They've done so much for the sport. Um, I have respect for them both. And so I really don't care who wins. I'm a fan that night. I just want to see a great fight. And I would love to fight the winner. I would love to to challenge myself against the winner of that fight. And I think it would be great. And I, that's definitely on my on my list. So when so when I'm there on the ring open, you'll be pushing up against the ropes and get trying to get in the ring, going no. nose to nose one of, with the winner, no? In New no, York. I'm not gonna cause any problems. I'm not gonna take away anyone's shine that night. You know that that fight's not about me. Um, but you know I'm I am working my way to the top of the pound for pound list, and I want to challenge myself against the best. And they're up there. They're the best right now. So just finally, Michaela, just just for anyone listening. And I don't mean just women, but if any, for anyone listening, obviously you, you've been an athlete first and then, you know, a boxer, an Olympian and or certainly going towards that and, and wanting to be an Olympic gold medalist. Have you been through tough times where you've wondered whether it was all worth it and that you've had to find something in yourself just to say, no, this is worth it. It is what I want. I am going to put myself out. It will come to fruition in the end as it has for you have there been times where you've yeah. had to kind of just go through a like a tunnel and come out the other side there's definitely been ups and downs through this whole process i mean you know when i i went out for 2012 olympics made it to the finals of the olympic trials didn't make yeah. it yeah and you know that was like my first hump because i was like okay i came this close now four more years is a long ways away and it was more like mentally challenging than physically because you have to wake up every morning and like with this with this goal in mind, with little daily reward, you know, and just keep pushing for four more years when nothing is certain, nothing is certain at all. So, and you're not making any money and it's just, you really, really have to, to ha love and be passionate about the sport and really love what you're, what you're doing. And I did. So, um, you know, then I, I make it to Rio, I qualify, and then, you know, I don't medal. And the Olympics wasn't the experience that I wanted it to be. I didn't, I didn't feel fulfilled afterwards. And I went through another sort of hump. And, but I never really thought like, okay, this isn't something, maybe this isn't going to work out for me. Maybe I think of another career path. I never thought that. I just thought, okay, 
to redirect myself. Mm. And that was the reason why I took the chance to turn pro. Um, I knew that after the Olympics that I didn't want to go for another Olympics. It wasn't something that fulfilled me. And I wanted to take my chances somewhere else while I still could and while I was still in my prime as an athlete. And I was willing to take that risk. I almost went to MMA because that's when we were getting the, you know, the exposure and the money and the, and the TV time. I didn't, thank God. I ended up working out a deal with top rank and being able to stick with the sport that I love. And even if I failed, I was like, I'd rather take my chance at creating the career that I have always envisioned myself having than just sit back and accept this for what it is like, no. And so I took a chance to turn pro because I was leaving th this comfortable situation I had where, you know, I was living for free at the Olympic training center. I was getting a monthly stipend. I had full coverage insurance and yeah. I was whatever, but that wasn't good enough for me. And so it was a risk for me to leave that and take my chances in the pros seeing as the pros weren't developed yet. There was not yet a market for women's boxing. Um, but I was willing to do that. And I'm so glad that I did like, this is the career I envisioned, always envisioned for myself. And if I did, if I just stayed in my comfort zone and didn't take that chance and turn pro, then I wouldn't be here. And thank God. So yeah, it all eventually worked out in the end, but you just have to keep persevering. Whilst we're celebrating female fight sports, it's only fair that we dip over to the world of MMA. One woman that is making some serious waves in the PFL is Kayla Harrison. Gareth caught up with her a little earlier on this week to preview her upcoming fight and the prospect of fighting on UK soil. How do you transition from being an Olympic judoka and a champion to being a professional mixed martial arts fighter? Was that always the plan? No, definitely not. It definitely wasn't always the plan. Um, I actually, I knew that after the 2016 Olympics, I was going to be finished with judo. I was beyond burnt out. You know, I was like, I wanted to quit before the Olympics. That's how over it I was. Um, and I thought maybe I was going to get a job with the International Judo Federation. I was going to be a commentator. I was going to help coach. And after the Olympics, I sort of fell into a depression. Um, you know, you go from waking up at 5 a.m. every day and never hitting the snooze button to I was like, I was a couch potato, man. Like I didn't, I didn't set an alarm. I didn't leave my house. <laughs> I was like, I had, I hadn't, hadn't watched TV in years. And all of a sudden I'm like, you know, six seasons deep in all these Netflix shows. Like it was bad. Yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah. You know, those in movies, when you see the guys, like they break up with their girlfriend or whatever, and they just have like trash all around them. And like, that's how I probably looked. I was like, just a mess. Um, and so I was really, kind of finding yourself again in a way. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, uh, I really felt like I still had something left in the tank athletically. Um, and I'm a big, I'm a big believer in, you know, you should do something that, that sets your soul on fire. You should do something that you're very passionate about. And I wasn't super passionate about, um, commentating, you know, I, I'm much more of a doer. I don't like to just like yep. watch people. I like to go do things. So uh, about six months after the Olympics, I went to a local gym in Boston and I started doing some Muay Thai, um, just like private lessons, hitting the pads and stuff like that. And I really liked it. It felt good just to move my body again and to learn, like to be a white belt all over again, felt really good. And about a month after I started doing that, I went to my first sparring session and that was just such an eye opener for me. I was like, oh man, 
this is really hard. Like getting punched in the face hurts, you know, like <laughs> this is hard. And I really, I want to, that was it. I was like, I got to fight. I got to, I got to at least try it. I can't live my life with a what if hanging over me. So it's almost like a change was as good as a rest in the end. And yeah. Um, and, and, and has it lit a fire that's as burning as, uh, as kindled as, as judo was for you? Absolutely. I think that if anything, this fire burns a little bit hotter just because mm. I feel like number one, I don't have as much time. You know, I was six years old when I started judo and, and I'm 31 now. So I don't have as much time to get really, really good as I did with judo. And number two, it's just like, it's judo on steroids, you know, like, of course, judo is, a, I always said judo is not a literally. No, 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 not literally. <laughs> but it's judo like, you know, in judo, you have to worry about someone throwing you, choking you, arm barring you or pinning you. And in MMA, you have to worry about a million different things. Are they going to kick you in the head? Are they going to take you down? Are they going to punch you in the face? Are they going to hit you in the body? Like, I've never done anything like it. I've never Kinetic done- chess, I always call it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's human chess and it's, yeah. it's yeah. amazing. I love it. I'm obsessed. Now, as you know, in the world of boxing, there's a lot of people that talk the talk, but how many really walk the walk? Well, back in the day, Ray Boom Boom Mancini was one of those guys. He's been in the UK this week and Gareth went down to a local gym to have a little bit of a chat and a catch up and to talk about these modern fighters. I've just written a piece actually, uh, which brought you into focus for me with um, on, on some of the biggest punches of all time. And obviously in 1981, you met Alex yeah. who who arguably yeah. is, is one of the top 20 punches yes, of all absolutely. time. 14 rounds. Um, yeah, yeah I, you didn't win that night, but no. can you recall that contest and oh, how big much. it was at the time? <laughs> very much so. Because first of all, I, I, I love Lexus. He was one of my heroes growing up. You know, my, my, Roberto Duran and Lexus Aguero. I love them guys. Today's fighters, there's no legacy. They fight once, maybe twice a year. And, and, and there's no legacy. And I tell, I remember telling Scott and I tell people last night, the one thing I'm proud of is my whole career is only five and a half years. But the thing I'm most proud of is a champ for two years from May of 82 to June of 84. I had seven title defenses. Seven title fights in 24 months. That's one every three months. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying, but I'm not doing with There's a lot of guys during that time. There, Pedroza before he fought Barry. <laughs> He's the champion for seven, eight years. Defended the title 19 times. That's an average of three, two to three years. That's what you're supposed to be. I, I've seen some comments from you on the lightweight division today. Obviously, what we see today is a kind of talent replete division you know, with Cambosos, George Cambosos and Haney about to fight. Uh, Ryan Garcia is a young rising star with a big media following. I'm going to ask you about these in a minute. Um, you know, Javonta Davis, um, Shaka Stevenson could come up to lightweight. This, yeah. um, the things you're talking about there, they aren't all meeting each other very quickly. Teofimo Lopez is moving up. Um, how do you see that fight between George Cambosos and Devin Haney? I think... Well, Ken Bosis came to America and beat Teofimo, who, you know, was the most dangerous of them. Well, him and, and Tank Davis are two most dangerous punchers at that division. And he walked through. Now, I love Teofimo was a friend of mine. Teofimo was a, could fight, could fight his, like heck. But George Ken Bosis, determination and desire overcame all that. And what did he do? He dropped him the second, first, second round. 
oh, that changed the fight right there. That yeah. changed the fight. Because now Lopez realized how that happened. And this kid came to fight. And George came as, as you say over, he's a hard man. He came forward, kept coming forward. Determination, chin, you know, no matter what Teofimo hit him with, he walked through it. And then later, you know, uh, you know Teofimo came on and he wound up dropping Cambosis later in the fight. But Cambosis got up and just won the rest of the round and won the last round or two. Because I think he dropped him in the 10th round. He won the last two rounds. My point being is Cambosis was in control of that whole fight from the beginning until mm-hmm. you know, he got dropped. Uh, you can't deny him the title. And so um, I have a lot of respect for Teofimo. He was, you know, again, we know now he wasn't 100%. Had a hard time making weight. And I know that very well. Mm-hmm. But it, the fact of the matter is he got ringing. He got beat. He got beat good. So... Um, uh, I, 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 have a lot, I love this Cambosis. I love watching him fight. You know, I don't know enough about Haney. I, I read a lot about him. I don't know. I don't know. But I admire him. He's going over to Australia. He didn't ask him to come here. Yeah. He's not demanding. He went over there. He signed whatever they wanted to make get that deal. I got to admire that. So um, Haney's going over there. Uh, I think, but I think Cambosis is too strong. Now he's, you know, they say when you become a champion, it takes you to another level, confidence-wise. And um, I think Cambosis will be too strong for Haney because he's strong as hell. Um, I think Tank Davis, Ryan Garcia, I don't know enough about him. I'm, I just don't fight Luke Campbell. You know, he's basic. He's basic. There's nothing with some power. Different. With power. Yeah, he can punch. Yeah, so, okay, so what? A lot of guys, if you hit, if the guy's standing in front of you, look, Luke Campbell dropped him, then he backed up. Why would you come on him, jump on him? I don't understand that. Mm. So, um, and he didn't, he, he didn't go and knock, you know, either. Or, or lock uh, Luke Campbell down or whatever, you know, they stopped the fight, but I'm just saying, Luke Campbell okay, came in, dropped him, and then was like, okay, I did my job, and that's that. My point saying, being, Ryan Garcia does not impress me. I'm sure he's a good fighter. Don't get me wrong, I'm, he's a good fighter. But he's not with, I, I'm reading all this stuff, and I'm, I, I don't see, I didn't, when I, what I saw was not what they're writing about. Um, yeah, again, you said Devin Haney. I, I got I don't know about him. I know he got fast hands, can box, very good boxer, good high ring IQ. So I'm anxious to see him. But Tank Davis is the best of them. Okay, Tank that's Davis. what I was going to ask. Um, who who oh. emerges as the best of the era in that? It's Davis. Tank Davis. Yeah. I've been up a close to Tank when I was doing commentary for um, Fox. Yeah. Tank Davis hits. He's a uh, junior lightweight featherweight job. Like, hits like a Walter weight. <laughs> what and he you know and he's a quiet. Nice kid, just a sweet kid. He had a tough upbringing, and I think he uses all that energy from his upbringing, all that hunger in the ring. Because I'm telling you what, that's going to be a headache for a lot of guys. He's going to be, he, he, can, he can go multi divisions, he can move up to 140, 147, maybe. I don't know, but he's going to be, he could be there as long as he wants to be. Who, who, um, sorry, the, 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 the other day, again, this is a fascinating view you had that I read that. You believe that Dimitri Bivol at light heavyweight may unseat uh, Saul Canelo now, Alvarez? Oh, yeah. Bivol can fight. Bivol has a high boxing IQ. Mm. And he's a big, strong guy. Yeah. I, look, first, let me say about Canelo. I admire this guy. I can't tell you how much I admire him because he's challenging greatness. He's doing things that nobody's doing now. Nobody's jumping up a two, three weight division. Nobody. They're asking for catch weights. He ain't doing that. Um, <laughs> so uh, I, I don't know if he'll beat Bivol. I'm actually picking Bovo because Bovo can fight. Now, people say, well, Canelo's not going to move up. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. VA confident if, the, if he can't beat him. You got, you got to challenge greatness. That's it. I'm sure he is confident. He's walking through the other guys. You know, I'll tell you the guy, uh, to me, that would be the best fight, the hardest fight, besides Bavol. Bavol's, I, I'm picking Bavol to win. If, you have, for, if he fights the way I've seen him fight, he should win. But I'm going to tell you the guy who's going to be a problem for Canelo. And Canelo don't want to see. Not, not the fighter, because Canelo, he'll fight anybody, obviously. His can, I guess? Can, I, can, I, can I guess who you're going to see? Yes, please, please. Um, not at light heavyweight, no? No. No, better be ever will be a hard fight for him. But um, I'm, I think you're going to say Benavides. Absolutely. You knew exactly. David yeah. Benavides, and I've been up and close and watched him. Young kid, tall, strong. His hand speed is off the charts. Very direct, isn't he? And he's a, a, a tough as they come. Yeah. Can punch like a punch like a son of a gun. And he got a lot of heart. A lot of, you know, he's got that the, the, the Azteca warrior, you know, mentality, Mexican warrior mentality. No, I'm not saying, you know, fighter, boxers will fight anybody. We know that, you know, we'll take it. We'll, we'll fight King Kong. Yeah. Yeah, but the managers, you know, trying to get the manager's job. My manager used to tell me, because I used to tell my manager, line them up, line up, because they were calling me all out. Edward was calling me out. Line them up. I'll go right down one at a time. And you, I'll never forget. He said, Ray, you can't fight anybody that wants to fight you. That's physically not possible. He said, my job is to get you the best fight for the most money. That's my job. Yeah. And so I was remembering, meaning, Canel's people, that's what they're doing. I think, not, not say, I think Canel for anybody and he's doing that. I think it's just people realize that uh, uh, Benavides would be a headache. I think Benavides would be the hardest fight. I think they're going to stay away from that as long as they could until they have to fight. The problem with Benavides is he keeps eating himself out of a division, keeps eating himself out of weight divisions, you know? Yeah. But he's a big guy, so I understand. To make 68, it's very difficult. So he'd have to go fight, probably fight at 175. So, you know, but Canel's the Canel's the best in the world right now. Best pound for my fight. There you have it. We will be back next week previewing a little bit of Triple G because he's back in action against Ryota Murata, unifying the middleweight division. What a great fight that will be for us to get stuck into. If you can't join us live on Saturday night on TalkSport from 10 o'clock, make sure you subscribe to this podcast because all the top quality guests will feature here every single Monday morning. You can do it via iTunes. Fight night is what you're looking for. And the Fight Night podcast is available on the TalkSport website, talksport.com. Have a great week. Catch you next time. Thank you.